Working on the road for a living, or traveling a lot in general, can really take a toll not only on our mental, but also our physical health. This is the Road to Health Podcast, and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. Recently, I started a career where I'm traveling a lot more than I ever have, which, of course, has brought to light some challenges I must now face in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthier lifestyle. Join me on my journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the experts I work with to lose 40 pounds by June 1st, 2020. I found, although it's not always easy to resist the temptations the road brings, by using a few key strategies, it can help mitigate the damage. So, if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me on the road to health. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Road to Health podcast. My name is Tamar, your host for this adventure, and this is another special episode of the Road to Health podcast where I get to interview Chris McPeak from the Elevate Your 8 podcast. I first met Chris when I went down to Adam Shibley's event in Huntington Beach, California. Now, because it was a day full of so much amazing information, her and I never really had a chance to connect that weekend, but fortunately enough, I had met Allison Melody there and I had decided to join her group called Rise and Bloom, where Chris and I were reconnected. Chris has been such a huge support in helping me get the Road to Health podcast up and running, so I can't thank her enough for that. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check her out on any platform that you listen to. Her podcast is called the Elevate Your 8 podcast. I think that Chris has such a powerful message because really we need to take a look at those eight hours a day that we're not sleeping or working and make the most of them. So definitely make sure you go check that out after you listen to this interview. And I really enjoyed doing this interview. I think Chris and I probably could have went on for another couple hours, but we'll save that for a part two. And I just can't wait to connect with her again. So I really hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Okay, I am really excited today because I have Chris McPeak from the Elevate Your 8 podcast here. She is a self-appointed guru on work-life balance and finding your dream job. She also has a book. It's called Making Work Work for You, which is a tongue twister, but I can say it and I did it this first <laughs> time. And she also manages a swim team, which I think is unbelievable. So for you to have a podcast called Elevate Your Eight, it sounds like you have a ton going on. So welcome, Chris. Thank you, Tamar. Thank you for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. I just came from practice, so I still got the adrenaline moving. So we're like high <laughs> octane, no caffeine. Hyped and ready to go. Right. <laughs> now, I also noticed when I was checking out your webpage that you have something that really caught my eye on there that says you believe that ice cream can save the world. Yes. I love yes. that. I got to work towards the non-dairy version. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Ice cream is, is uh, that is my jam, my guilty pleasure. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, good stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first and then how you got the idea to start the podcast Elevate Your Eight? Sure. Yeah. So my origin story, if you will, to quote our, our mutual friend, Adam Shibley, um, I... I come from a higher ed background and I spent the first 
20 plus years of my professional career in college housing and residence life. So if, for those of you that don't know what that means and think it's a nursing home, just think dorm <laughs> and you're good to go. So I managed college dorms for a really, really long time. And I had to run the gamut from being an RA to a live-in hall director, to a live-in director, to a live-out senior director, all of it. I've done, I've done everything. And it, and it's a really, it's a very fulfilling, any higher ed job is really fulfilling, but college housing in particular had a lot of, there's a lot of promise that's with it. You really do get into the heart and soul of, of student needs and, and seeing students go from their very worst to their very best. But over the years, I found that I, the very worst was starting to wear on me in a way that I wasn't prepared for. I think when you're 25, 30, 35 years old, you know, your body and your mindset can take lots of late night calls, lots of weekend visit, visits to hospitals and, and anymore, it's, it's so, there's so much high touch involved mm-hmm. that, um, I'd reached a point where I was kind of like, okay, I, this is making me tired. It's making me resentful. I'm not really embracing the fun in this work. And I mean, if you're going to spend this many hours a week and in some cases, you know, college housing was definitely something where it was hard to cut off at the 40 hour a week thing. And in fact, that was sort of the beginning of the end for me. I had made a crack in the senior management meeting that I was, that I aspired to be the first associate director that could get her job done in a 40 hour work week. And my peers thought that was hilarious, but my boss did not. (laughs) Um, And I got called in and I got told that perhaps I was being unrealistic and I, you know, I should rethink my attitude. Um, and, and so that was sort of the beginning of the end for me. And around the same time that was happening, I had started a second master's program at this particular institution, and I was studying recre- recreation management. And I was, I was finding that it was really cool digging into this notion of like adult leisure and, and why people choose the things that they choose to enjoy outside of the workplace. And I had done, we had to do a project for this, um, this opening class. And I chose to work, I chose to interview a person that I knew from the housing world. And he had made that, you know, he had cut the cord and made the transition from housing to doing something that was completely not student life related. And I, so I interviewed him, that was my project. And I got to thinking about this whole concept of like, how are we, effectively spending our time as human beings, I I started to think about why, how and and why we choose the things that we choose to enjoy in our downtime and why we're taking so little downtime. Um, And I thought like, you know, I'm going to, someone needs to write a book about this. And if not for the higher ed world, then, you know, for the rest of the world. So I, I took the research from that master's class and I just started doing a lot of writing about how you can make how you can enjoy your life, work a 40 hour work week, get all the things done that you want to get done, et cetera. And still, you know, feel like a human being Mm -hmm. that's not being worked to death. And, and I, I got to thinking too about that MasterCard commercial with the little kids that, that the whole one more day, one more day (laughs) where they're talking about vacation and they spout all these statistics about like how many unused vacations, um, 
are left out there in the United States in particular. So that just got me started and I thought, okay, I'm going to write this book. So I started writing and that book turned into making quote work, work for you. And that was sort of a primer on work-life balance and, or figuring out like, have you landed in the vocation that you should truly be in? Um, and not even like considering the entrepreneurial world yet, um, completely out of that for people that physically go to a day job and work for somebody else. So, so that book happened. And then about six months later, our other mutual friend, Allison Melody from the Food Heals podcast, she launched the very first iteration of Rise and Bloom. And that was a, a day long, extensive mastermind workshop that she held at her house. And we did some of the, some just basic training on social media and, and things like that. But then we all had time in the hot seats to sort of talk about the projects we were pursuing and why we were pursuing them. And that was the day that I shared my second philosophy, which is where the whole elevate your eight thing came from. So writing, making work, work for you got me in this mindset of, okay, so what does make a person successful with time management and productivity. Well, okay, if we're honoring work-life balance, we should be leaving the office at eight hours. So that's eight hours a day. And I totally buy into the sleep thing. You know, let's get ample sleep. And for me, that's eight hours. And so this is like mathematics coming to work here. Very, <laughs> very simple, basic mathematics. But what's left in 24 hours after you take out the eight working and the eight sleeping, that's eight. And I thought, okay, well, what a what a clever philosophy this is. And I it is clever. the girls at that mastermind, like I'm going to write this book about Elevate Your Eight and it's going to sort of be the sequel to Making Work Work For You. And they all said like, oh my God, you have to start a podcast. So that was in April of 2018. I published the book in September of 2018 and then Elevate Your Eight podcast was born October of 2018. And so now we're a year later, 52 episodes in. And then consequently, you and I met at Rise and Bloom iteration number, I think we're on number four or five now, but um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I got here. That is awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you have a lot going on in your life. So to be able to focus on making the best out of those eight hours a day, because you and I both have daytime jobs. And yeah. I find that that's a huge challenge, right? Being productive in those eight hours, because sometimes you just don't want to do anything. It's true. And I think there, there's a way to do nothing and still have that be intentional and, um, and part of the eight that you want to elevate. So it, yeah, it's, it's prioritization, it's intentionality, and it's being really honest about how long it takes you to do stuff and, and, and then prioritizing like, well, what exactly do I want to do today as opposed to what I need to do today and, and balancing all that stuff together, which I'm sure is part of the other stuff you're going to ask me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Myself here. <laughs> and I mean, for me, the, my morning prioritization of getting my workouts in my meditation, journaling, all that sure. kind of stuff. I know that once I've got that done, which, you know, if I add the workout in there is about three hours out of my day, I do have a little bit more flexibility to, to move around other things that I need to do at the end of the day. Yeah. And I've, I've found too, that the morning and the evening routine is really, and, and, and you know, that's based on my needs. I really thrive off of them. Um, 
and, and you and I have similar morning routines. We both like to work out early. We both have a journaling and a meditation practice. So that's part of my morning as well. But I, I include my commute in there. Um, so my morning routine is, is three hours, but that includes um, meditation, journaling, getting ready to swim, swim, commute. And, and the commute is, and I don't have a huge commute, but that's where I take in my audiobooks, my podcasts, my regular professional development, and then my, um, my guilty pleasures, my novels, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to listen to. I'm, I'm listening to a lot of horror novels right now because next year I plan to finally write one. Um, so that seems like leisure, but it's still, you know, it's research. So it, it works itself into the mix, but yeah, I think, you know, even if you tell yourself you're not a morning person, there's still an opportunity to have some kind of morning routine that will hold you to the concept of elevating your eight, as opposed to just being that person who says I'm getting up at six and the first thing they grab is their phone and it's an hour long scroll through whatever they're going to scroll. And then the next thing they know and they've got to rush out of bed, grab a quick shower and a coffee out the door. Whereas if they just gotten out of bed when the alarm went off, instead of grabbing the phone, they could have, you know, had a more leisurely shower or, or cooked a legitimate breakfast or added some of those other things that people like you and I rely on to sort of set the intention and, and, uh, and set the pace for the day. Right. And I think you make a super good point there. I mean, I think spending time focusing on productivity is a huge part of becoming successful in any part of our lives. Totally, yeah. Um, you know, it's what's kind of uh, inspired me to do this podcast. So what inspired you to specialize in this area? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think it came down to figuring out when I was still in housing and hadn't complete, didn't have complete control over that. Um, if it's a, a long weekend and I, I was up until four because some emergency happened on campus, then I don't want to feel like the rest of my weekend is going to be stuck catching up with my sleep as opposed to being able to, to go to a, a movie or do something fun that I want to do. So I think I found that as soon as I started taking ownership for that and, and putting my foot down and saying like, yeah, I'm not going to work more than 40 hours a week if I don't have to. And I'm going to take back that free time. And when I started writing about it um, and when I started thinking about the whole concept of elevate your eight, it seemed so simple. And I thought, well, yeah, it's simple, but a, a, a not enough people embrace it and say like, I can do this. They just they lean back on the fact that it's just so much easier to say I'm busy and you don't have to take responsibility. And I think, I think I just said like, I'm not going to be that person anymore. And somebody has to stand up for these folks that aren't, aren't taking back their day that are, that are letting themselves sort of get taken advantage of by, um, an overachieving micromanaging supervisor, or they just, don't want to take the responsibility to do the work to make themselves more productive, I think is where it all came from. I don't know. I just, it, it might've just been too that I woke up one, one morning and said like, this is the mantra that I want to hang my hat on. And it's a message that I think other people need to have. I really don't know when I, I chose that I, this was going <laughs> to be happened. the path that I walked. <laughs> it just, it made sense. And when I started doing my, doing it myself, I felt like I was happier. I was getting more done. I had motivation to pursue new things. I 
I felt like I had time and energy and, um, and wherewithal to, to do some of these extra things that I wouldn't have done before. And it's interesting too, like when you, when you take that stand and you decide like, you know, this is going to be my platform. Some of the other things that like I used to see two and three movies every weekend and not that I still wouldn't do that, but somewhere along the line, I chose to do this instead and, and it stuck and I, I'm okay with that. Like if I don't see a movie in a theater till Christmas day or the holidays, that's fine because I'm, I'm expressing my creativity. I'm meeting new people. I'm kind of, you know, putting this cool message out into the world that hopefully people will connect with and, and want to follow along. So I don't know if any of that made sense. It just is sort of, sort of an oral diarrhea of sorts here, <laughs> but um, it really you know. did. It really did. <laughs> good. Okay, good. <laughs> so and you know, it's inspiring because I too feel the same way since I started doing this podcasting thing. I'm new. Um, it's really kind of prioritized things that I want to do in my life and just meeting people who are on, you know, not the same level, but who are also trying to help other people. It's just, it's such a good feeling, right? And I hear so many people when I talk about, say, my morning routine or things that I've done to kind of prioritize my productivity, um, I hear a lot, I don't have time or I'm not a morning person or, you know, this and that. But you also see that depression in them, right? You see that everything, yes. the woe is me. And it's like, oh, you know what? An hour and a half is not that bad. Like just go to bed earlier. If it's that important to you, you will do it and you'll yeah. get it in there. And the whole like, the I don't have time is the biggest excuse in the book because you don't have any more hours in the day more than I do. You just use them differently. And so that's, that's why Elevate Your Eight is so simple because it's just, it's math and it's priorities and that's it. So people who say, I don't have time, they say that because they don't know how they're spending their time and they, they choose, I fully believe this is a choice, they choose to kind of go down that road day to day being stupid, oblivious, clueless about exactly what it is that they want to do. Um, and they have no fucking backbone. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, um, it's, Amen, it's, sister. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an excuse and it's, and it's a crutch. And I just, yeah, I don't feel like I don't want to be that person. And I hope that the people that are listening to our shows don't want to be those people either. So there you go. Now you have to change from clean to explicit because I dropped the F-bomb. Oh, you know what? I already had explicit because okay. I sometimes the potty mouth comes out because you need to accentuate <laughs> something. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like, um, people just need to stand up and say what they want. And, and once they say it, they need to own it and, and do it and figure out what it takes to make that happen. So. Oh, exactly. So what are your top three tips that you would recommend to my listeners to increase their productivity? So first and foremost, I think is getting a handle on how long it takes you to do some of those base things that you do every day and don't think twice about. So it's, we very easily over and underestimate the amount of time that it takes us to say, take our shower or eat our breakfast. Um, we all like to think like we're taking these nice leisurely seated you know, meals with our family and we're really not. We're, we're eating, we're shoveling food into our faces while we're watching television. And so we're multitasking when we, when we shouldn't be, but 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's the first thing. I think the first tip is to, is to get a grip. And if you have to spend two weeks to do this, and this is actually what I talk about in the book, um, like completely time on task your life and, and you carry a notebook around with you. And from the second that you're out of bed, you know, I rolled out of bed at six 30. I, I used the ladies room and jumped in the shower and I was done with that at seven. And then I went and made my coffee and that took seven minutes and, and writing that down and playing with that stuff until you get a good sense of this is how long it really takes me to do things. Cause the average person, if you ask them, how long it takes them to get ready for work, take a shower. They probably say like, Oh, 10 or 15 minutes. And it's, it's not, it's longer than that. It's they extend and they, they do these multitasking things. So I make my coffee and I eat my breakfast while I watch the morning news, but you're not, you're doing two things at one time and you're not really doing either one of them properly or, or comfortably. So, um, and so if, if watching the morning news is part of your morning routine and you have your coffee with that, then, you know, you put those two things together and you say, I have breakfast while I watch the morning news and that takes 15 minutes. So anyway, so, so figuring that kind of thing out, that would be, I think the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, is finding the one or two things during the day that are going to be your priorities. And whether that's, and I would say like outside of the workplace, because you can, you can practice this in the workplace in a different sort of way. But is it more important that you do your grocery shopping, pick up your dry cleaning, go to your kid's soccer game, or go to happy hour with your colleagues? And you think like, well, I only have an hour that's sort of extra that's unplanned. So which of these things has to get done today? Um, well, the soccer game with the kids is, is happening and it is today. So yeah, I'm going to go to that and I can do happy hour with my friends another day and maybe I can swing by the grocery store on the way back from the soccer game. So those types of things I think are important is getting into getting, taking into consideration what are your options for that day and then what are the must do things versus the want to do or could be really cool if I, if I could do or you just table that to another day. Mm-hmm. So that would be the second thing is, is determining the super important things and, and getting those done. And that's really not my tip. I borrowed that from Sarah Knight. She wrote a really incredible book called Get Your Shit Together. Um, and it, it's pretty much my Bible in a lot of ways. So that's an excellent book to read. Um, plus, it's full of potty mouth things. So, nice. so yeah, her, her <laughs> books are so great. Especially if you get Audible because she reads her own stuff. And um, anyway, so so that's her, actually her tip is um, is figuring that stuff out. And then I think the other the other big tip that I would recommend, I think, is making sure that you own part of the weekend for yourself and that it doesn't necessarily get sucked into being the catch all of all the shit you didn't get to do Monday through Friday. So if, for example, using my, my movie thing from before, if going to see movies is something that's important to you, that you, that you allow for that and you, you know, hobby for your lobby for your hobby, um, and, and carve that, that time, um, on a daily basis and on a weekend basis too. I mean, even your morning routine can still consist of playing 15 minutes of heyday. If that's something that is important to you for your leisure and your, and your fun and your, um, mental well-being that's just something completely brainless and, and silly, but you like to do it anyway. It's enjoyment. It's joy. Um, and carving that time for yourself every day too. And particularly on the weekends, because the weekend is our recharge time. It's when we don't necessarily need to be thinking about the day job or what my boss is thinking about me today or 
what the crappy colleague who always is a brown noser and bothers me <laughs> that shouldn't be taking up your your weekend time so so i really i believe in leaving that, that you know separating yourself from the workplace and using the weekends to the the best of your the best of your ability and to get as much of the fun and the and the joyful things in there as possible but that we should not not have joy every single day so carving time for that too so so being aware of how long it takes you to do stuff, prioritizing those things on a daily and a weekly basis, and then making sure for productivity's sake and for our sanity that we are working joy into every single day and especially on the weekends because that is a removal from the workplace. That's our, that's our time. Right. And I totally love that. And I think that's the coolest thing or one of the coolest things about being a podcaster is because yeah. you do spend a lot of your time on the weekend, either, you know, doing new shows, interviews, stuff like that. And you get to actually spend time helping people. Right. And I think yeah. that's such a good focus to have. It is. Yeah. This is a, this is a cool gig, whether you're still at hobby level or, um, or people who are already monetized, which is, which is great. Um, I'm not there yet. I know I still have a ways to go, but I, you know, I've said that I'm in this for the long haul. So this brings joy and I wouldn't do it if it, if it didn't. Right. Right. I know. I'm, I would go I'm, back to going to see two and three movies a weekend. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that brought joy too. Yeah. Whatever way you can get it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I've had so much fun talking to you today. I feel like we could go on for at least another hour. So probably, yeah, we, we could easily do that, but I'm sure you have stuff on your, your yes. must do list. That's right. I'm working on email campaigns. So awesome. I just, I'm, uh, yeah, I, this was such a great conversation. I definitely want to get you on for part two. Yes. I think we have so much more to talk about and try and inspire others to do. So I'll definitely get you back on the show if you'll come back. Absolutely. Yeah. We could have a really great conversation pulling together your expertise and my expertise because I think people don't think, they don't think about being healthy when they're traveling, but they also necessarily don't completely embrace like, how can I be productive while I'm traveling? So that's a, a great way to, to sort of combine our forces and we could do a joint show that way. <laughs> that's right. So stay tuned for that. And then, so Chris... Where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Right now, it's pretty simple. It's chrismcpeak.com. And I'm Chris with a K, K-R-I-S. Um, the show is Elevate Your Eight. And I'm, you know, everywhere you find your shows, Apple Podcasts, I'm Stitcher and Spotify. I think I'm on Google Play. I don't pay attention. <laughs> but um, if you're Android or a Google person, you can pretty well find me on Google Play. And um yeah, Instagram is Christmas Peak, and I love I love kicking it there. Even though my demographic doesn't suggest so, I'm not a millennial, but I do <laughs> I love I do love Instagram. Yes, I know this has been a whole new world. I tried to limit the amount of social media exposure I had, but it's just not possible anymore. So yeah, I'm... you can't you can't do it. That's <laughs> it's a place. It's definitely a place to be. Exactly. Well, thanks again so much, Chris. And I can't wait to have you back. And Thank I just, you. yeah, I'm super pumped. I can't wait till our next conversation. Awesome. It's been a barrel of laughs. A lot of fun. Yeah. Bring <laughs> okay. me back whenever. I'm ready for, tomorrow. <laughs> for sure. We'll book it. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. That was such a fun 
interview. I cannot wait to do it again. We will definitely have part two because Chris and I had so much to collaborate on. So I really appreciate her being on my show today. Make sure you go check out her podcast, the Elevate Your Eight podcast. I will leave all her information in my show notes so you can easily get a hold of her. Uh, Definitely hit that up and make sure that you also leave her a five-star rating once you've listened to her show and write a review. It helps us all out. Now, if you have any ideas or you have any tips or tricks that you use on the road to be more productive, make sure you shoot me an email, info at theroadtohealth.me. The feedback is always appreciated. And until next time, enjoy your travels. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Road to Health podcast. Of course, your support means the world to me. So if you liked my show, make sure you hit subscribe so you can keep up to date and not miss out on a single episode. I love to hear from my listeners and get feedback. So if you have any ideas for future shows, make sure you send me an email at info at theroadtohealth.me and be sure to check out my website, www.theroadtohealth.me where you can sign up to receive the latest news as well as get a free copy of my five tips to staying healthy on the road. You can also find all my social media links there and email information, so make sure you reach out. And until next time, enjoy your travels.